This is Turner Mining Live, where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at how we're innovating to change the game and grow a business in an ancient but still booming industry. What's up, guys? Keaton Turner here. This is episode three of the Turner Mining Live podcast. To my right this time, I've got the guy that keeps me out of trouble, Thomas Hahn. I try. Our COO. And to my left, I've got the legendary, what I called you earlier, the uh, heavy equipment calendar model, uh, Connor Holman, from uh, owner of In-Depth Excavating. So welcome, Connor. Thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Glad to have you. It's been, um, it's been a couple years of you and I DMing back and forth. Uh, let's go back to the beginning, because I think, I'm trying to remember, I was at my old gig, so it's been at least yeah. three years now. Three years, I think. And... Uh, I, j- I had just started, from what I can remember, uh, and you guys might hear some background noise. we got people in the office, so if they get rowdy, Tracy, you'll have to tell them to be quiet. Uh, but I just started, um, you know, taking, when I'd go to on-site visits uh, for my uncle's company, I would take pictures, yeah, equipment, post them on Instagram, and, and kind of write a story about them. And I think that's how we first connected. I think, yeah. And it was one of your probably first followers that kind of interacted with everything i remember all those posts and i don't know how many times i dm'd you asking questions or this and that but so how did you when when you got because i think it was right about the same time you started right yeah, i was started just before that probably a year before that i'd say yeah so it was relatively close to the same time so how long have you been doing in-depth excavating now four years this month really yep that's Four years wild. in January. That's why it, it's gone by so fast. It feels like yesterday. So I remember this is a kind of a funny side story, and I I don't um, I don't remember all the specifics, but the the first couple times you DM me because I had posted a couple um, a couple things about like you know how I thought about bidding and estimating and and hourly things. And I remember you had a couple jobs that were coming up, and you were like, "Hey, yeah, how how do you think about this and that?" and um, I don't know. I, I remember us sending some messages back and forth, and then I posted about it. Yep. And I think some people back in my previous life thought I was giving away some secrets. secrets. Um, <laughs> about, you know, and it was all fantasy pricing. Yeah. It was all a, a make-believe scenario. But it was it was honestly, this this business is not super hard to go figure out costs. Right. Figure out production. Figure out your cost per hour, cost per ton, whatever. Uh, and so I gave a little glimpse into that and, uh, it ruffled some feathers and I think some people really enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, young people that are in the business that are trying to do this really enjoyed it. Um, how do you think about giving away secrets when it comes to, you know, whether it's hiring people, leading, you know, managing people, bidding work, estimating all that. I kind of the same thing you said. I don't think there's anything to hide. I don't think anything's a secret in this industry. Um, I think it's all the way you go towards, you know, how you approach whatever you're trying to do. You can find a way that maybe it works better than the standard, Mm -hmm. but I think there's so many different options for so many different things in this industry. I don't think anything's really a secret. I think that, you know, when we talk about sharing and one of the reasons why we call this Turner Mining Live, we want to give people a live look into what's really going on. Absolutely. I think when we talk about sharing, especially our stuff, the more open, honest, and real we can be, Yep. you know, short of, hey, this is our contract price, this location, <laughs> yeah. whatever. 
But I think just being real and honest and raw, yeah, it, it I think it just attracts more people to the brand. Absolutely. I think it I think it gets your your own people hype. I think it gets your clients like, wow, these guys if they're this transparent with people that are that they're not working for, how how are they gonna treat us when they are working for us? Right. Yep. And so, you know, it was really, I think some of this, I don't want to get myself in trouble because I don't know who <laughs> listens to this. But when I think back to what I used to do, one of the biggest um, blowups, you know, me and uh, some of my family members had back in the day was over sharing and over secrets. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it's just, I don't know if it's a generational thing or what. Uh, and my dad's a super private guy, super yeah. successful, awesome dude, great role model. He doesn't, sh- he doesn't, talk about feelings he doesn't share things you know he doesn't yeah. want to he doesn't walk around wearing logo stuff for his company just <laughs> not that type of guy yeah. you know i think it's 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 really interesting to look at the new generation of people doing stuff like podcasts and posting online versus the old we, we've got one of our old guys albert here who was employee number one kind of met albert you did get yeah. to meet albert yeah albert doesn't want you to know anything right about him and what he's doing. He just wants you to shut up and get to work, you know? (laughs) And so I don't know for me, again, you know that I'm not into secrets. I just think it's funny. The generational thing. Um, yeah, there's a huge gap between you could say mindsets of the older generation and the younger generation coming in on that topic itself, just being private and secretive or not. How old are you? 26, 26. So you started Wild. four years ago, 22. I know it, he's Wild. literally a baby. <laughs> he's younger than he was when I started. Yeah. So you started four years ago. I get so many DMS of kids that are, you know, 17, 18 years old. They're coming to the end of high school. They're like, man, I got to go get my life figured out. I want to go. I want to go be in the dirt life. I want to start yeah. a dirt business or maybe it's a landscaping business or whatever. I want to go start a business. Yeah. They look at what we've done here and they're like, you know, I, I want the recipe. How do we, how do I do it? How do I grow it? How do I scale it? What would, I mean, when you look back to when you started four years ago, I mean, this is a grind, right? Yes. And I look at all your, I see everything you post. I watch you probably as close or closer than anybody. Tell everyone that's 18 years old out there. Just a just a, a snapshot of what a day looks like in the life of Connor Holman because it is a grind. It is. And it's for me myself, like we talked about earlier, I don't do much of the bidding, billing, accounting work. That's all taken care of by my dad. So for me, it's I'm in the field, I'm on every job, um, multiple jobs, sometimes each day, moving equipment, fueling equipment, greasing equipment loading stuff up, picking up material. It's just trying to schedule and plan and make sure you have all your bases covered for every day when we're bouncing from job to job that are, you know, some are two hours away, some are, you know, other side of the state. It's just trying to be prepared and set up so you know tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, you have everything in line. And it can be 8, 9 o'clock at night, and you're like, oh, I forgot that. So now we're going to have to go to the supplier in the morning and get this. And it's, uh, you never really clock you out. Don't stop. And like I said, I, I, and I don't even take care of the, the office work side of the business. Yeah. So just the managing, keeping things rolling, keeping jobs moving, keeping clients happy. 
from just the field perspective is a nonstop thing. And it's, it takes a lot to just stay ahead of the whole game. Yeah. When you lay in bed at night, cause I, I still do this and I for sure did this in the early days, but when you lay in bed at night, the first thing you do and you lay down, you just, your mind starts running. It never stops. All the things that you either wanted to get done that day and didn't just randomly thought of at 11 PM at night for some yep. crazy reason. And now you got to go or the things that are coming up tomorrow. It it's different. And I, I thought about the family business when I was in it like it was mine anyway. Because yeah. I, I, I just, I just kind of did. I always just kind of thought I would just fall into that and, and, and be there forever. And so I kind of did a little bit of that when I worked there. Then when it's your own thing and your own money and, you know, when it's your baby, it never stops. It's a totally different ball game, mm-hmm. you know. It's your full responsibility. Yeah. Um. Someplace I want to go, and, and again, I some of this we might get too touchy, and we will have to edit it out, whatever. Um, I think it's really interesting when you look at starting at 22 uh, and, and, you know, people working for a 22-year-old. Yep. Were they all guys your age or younger? Were they older guys? How, you know, how it does that work? Guys my age. Yeah. People I knew. Um, and then there, I had a mixture of guys up a, 40 years old how do you manage people that because a lot of them were probably like your boys right like that yeah they were up with yeah yeah i'm sure you i'm sure they didn't all work out no actually um very few how how do you deal with that that's a tough one yeah um you have to really learn to separate just like working with family friendships and work Mm -hmm. family and work there's work and then there's your personal life. Yeah. And bringing that mixture of friends and friendships into business can create a lot of problems. Yeah. And that was one of the big things we worked through the first couple of years was how do you separate your friendship and your work environment? Yeah. And that was the toughest thing we had. Um, I think most small businesses deal with that. Yeah, I think so. You, you hire who you know. Yep. Yep. You hire people that you you're comfortable with and you feel comfortable trusting. I think trust is a big thing. I think a lot of yes. companies, especially small companies, let's let's call it less than 20 employees, it's like, well, I know these 10 guys in my mind I can trust them, right? They're going to come on board, they're going to do a good job, they're going to meet the all the job requirements. Yep. And it doesn't it just doesn't work out that way. No. You know, it's hard enough to find people that that can just do the job and get it done the right way and then build up trust over the years. When you bring people on, you have this preconceived notion that, you know, oh, they're going to, they're going to fit this role. Right. When they don't fit the role, then how do you handle the awkwardness of, Hey man, you suck at the role. (laughs) I love you as a brother, you know, but it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest issues. And then, you know, we had on the same spectrum, other guys that were, you know, 30, 40 years old, and never worked this industry before. And I don't think they wanted to take me very seriously either. Yeah. Because I'm 22 22 years old. Yeah. And until for me, I I lived through the same thing. Cause I, when I got out of college, I was the college kid, right. That, you know, I, 
I tr- really tried not to be the college kid. You know, I tried to get the boots scuffed up, I, you know, <laughs> and, and go on. So, and I run my heart out through the dirt to look like I've been doing it forever. <laughs> but you're still the college kid. Yeah. And, and back then, I was like the only college kid. We've got several college kids now. But, you know, it's, it's wild when you're the young guy and you haven't proved anything yet and you're full of energy and you're going to outwork everybody and you know more. It, it's a wild... I, I did it with the family thing for a while. Yeah. I didn't have to do it with my dad. My I'm super hard-headed. These two people know. They've been, <laughs> I've been, we've been in meetings all day. They know how hard-headed I am. My dad's the same way. Uh, his side of the family's the same way. There's a lot of people that are here in our office that are the same way. How in the world do you and your dad work together? And he manages what I would consider the most, maybe not the most critical, but the back office stuff, if you don't get it right, the rest of the business doesn't work. What he does, we wouldn't be able to operate his business without that. How do you guys work together and not kill each other? <laughs> I think he wants to kill me more than <laughs> I want to kill him. Gosh, dang. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, it's been very great. I've been very fortunate to be able to work with my best friend every day. But it's the same thing is sometimes, you know, you got to separate the family aspect from business. And you guys and have figured out how to do that? I think we're still learning. We've had a very good grip on it. Yeah. Um, but just like anything else, you know, he's he's like, I, you know, I got to treat you like any other general contractor would. Yeah. You know, if you're the man on site and you're the, you know, project foreman or whatever it may be, you're not getting any special treatment just because, you know, you're my son. Yeah. So he's like, that's what really you need to understand. And it's like, again, it's the flip side of it's my dad and, yeah. you know. We always talk every day. We talk on the phone, this and that. And separation of that, too, we've, it was a lot more for me, I think, to understand and get a concept of and graphs on. Um, but overall, it's been working very well. I mean, he works. We usually see each other maybe once or twice a week at most. Yeah. Um, I'm in the field. He'll stop out in the jobs every once in a while. And he kind of just runs everything. And we do it all through phone phone calls and emails and uh we get each other very well and we've been you know i've been around him and he's been doing this for 20 some years so i've worked for a lot of different companies and kind of just shadowed him yeah since i've been you know interested in the industry yeah and so that kind of i think helped make us be able to deal with each other well, it's, um, it's got to be rare. I mean, you know, family is in, and I love family. Yeah. I love my family to death. Family just in general, when you look at people and people's families, it's, it's not always an easy thing, right? Everyone's no. a little bit different. Yeah. I don't know if you got siblings. Yep. But, you know, it's, family is a tough thing. Yeah. When you throw in uh, a tough thing in family versus a tough thing in business, because the business that we're in, it is a ball busting business. Yeah, absolutely. So it is amazing. I think it's a super rare thing, especially for you guys to work as closely. It's, you know, yeah. it's not like it's some legacy company that no. you're stepping into and taking over it's, as the, it is crazy that you guys can do what you've done. And it's, it's, it's wild. On top of, I mean, I've had, you speak of family, my brother's worked for me. Um, it wasn't his thing. Right, is he older job. than you? Older, younger. Younger? Yep. Um, so he worked for me in the summers between college. He did phenomenal job, just wasn't his avenue. Mm-hmm. So, and then he worked for me for a summer. Um, my sisters worked for me for 
three years. She's younger than me. She works for me in the summers between college break as well. And she loves that, it. That is wild. Well, I think, and, and again, I know you through DMs yeah. and texts and, and a couple emails and stuff like that. To me, the fact that your dad can work for you and not kill you, your brother and sister can work for you yep. and you not kill them. Yep. Dude, it just, I think to me, it just points to what kind of guy you really are. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to say it because if you were, if you were slimy, if you were, you know, sketchy, flaky, what, like if you were a little bit not an awesome guy, it would have already not worked. Yeah. I just truly believe that. <laughs> it, it just, it's too hard I know what we do here, and none of us are family. We we kind of act like a yeah. family. We're adopted family. We're we're a big uh, happy team. We almost kill each other every single day, <laughs> like, uh, like, <laughs> like it. I can't imagine having someone who I'm supposed to love, and they're as opinionated. And maybe your family's not, but. If my brother were in here, we would there would be fistfights. Oh, hundred percent, a hundred. And he's bigger than me, but I I could take him. So I I got to come in, you bro. It's um, I appreciate it. It's wild to see, and I and I didn't know that your siblings worked for you, but I I remember you know from our messages early on about your dad. And yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's really been cool. Very blessed. I mean, it's worked out very well. I'm sure you. You know, anyone in this space makes a ton of decisions every single day. Your phone probably is on the charger and off the charger several times yeah, a day. Mine, mine's times. on the charger or just was. <laughs> um, so you, when you make that many decisions, a lot of them are wrong. You make bad decisions all the time. Yep. These guys know. I make decisions every day. I've made several today that are the wrong decision. I made a decision yesterday. I sent a proposal out, and it had some drop shadows on one of the pictures. And Tracy's, <laughs> Tracy's giving me the evil eye. I'm not allowed to do that. It, it, it was bad. It was bad. It was a it was a mistake. What What's your biggest um, failed decision? What's your biggest failure in? May, may, I would I don't know. I would say 2019, just because we came out of the year. But what's your biggest failure? Biggest flaw decision that you've made so far as a young business owner? think we've had a few jobs not go as planned um if you've only had a few you're doing way better say, than us we, as I say, <laughs> we've had more than a few there's geez. a few that stick out and i think the one that didn't go you know at all how it was planned was poor obviously poor decision making but planning um does that decision making start bef in the bidding phase? I don't in think the it was planning. I think it was more execution of the work that we were doing. Mm -hmm. I don't think I planned it out properly. I don't think I went at it as full force as I should have. Um, I had a thought in my mind that this is how this project was going to go, and it didn't at all. Mm -hmm. And we lost money on it, and it definitely went upside down. Mm -hmm. um, and that is where it kind of flipped for me. Um, and I still learn every day, but decisions like that were, you, you learn from something of that, you know, volume of a, I'd say failure. Yeah. Well, it, I think it becomes super real when you get done with the project and you look back and you're like, wait a second, it cost me how much money yeah. to go get my balls busted in every yes. day to go do that work. Yep. It's not that we 
didn't make money. It's that it cost, it cost you money. money. Yeah, absolutely. And and we just came off of a year. 2018 was a, a kind of a banner year. It was it was our first year in business, you know, first real year in business. And and uh, it was awesome. We hit every mark. We did things that, you know, I kind of never thought we'd do as a business. 2019, tremendous growth. Yeah. Um, we learned every lesson oh. that I think you can learn in 12 months. Yeah. And, and maybe even more lessons than you're actually supposed to learn in 12 months. <laughs> so, I mean, we, yeah, it, we're, I'm no stranger to having a project that doesn't do well and a project that costs money. Uh, how, you know, and, and I, I think I know the answer. I don't think you have a choice, but how do you, our, our very first project, I'll never forget, it was, it was in West Texas. Um, uh, it was actually South Texas, outside uh, of San Antonio. Um, we lost 30 grand. Yeah. And it was it was a small $300,000 project. So, you know, when you talk about losing money on your very first one, yeah, and you get done with it. And it was, it, you know, it's not easy work anyway. You get no. done and you, you're like, man, it just cost me 30000 to do that. I could have worked for someone for that duration of time and made 30000 on a salary, you know. Yeah. And been ahead. Yeah, and been ahead. <laughs> How do you... How do you find the motivation to get out of bed and go get kicked in the pants and take that and, and you know, try to come back better? For me, I love learning. Um, and it's mostly just, it's a passion thing. This is, you know, this is all I want to do. You know, I love what I do. I love, you know, all the different projects, this and that. And if we have a job that goes bad and, you know, there's people that are not very happy with it and this and that. I take it as a learning experience and you can only improve from there. You don't learn unless you fail. That's so true. I mean, I, I look at each one of, and I, I said this a little bit with Wit when he was here, cause he, I think he would say the same thing about 2019. Yeah. He's, he's learned a lot just <laughs> like we have when you're young. I think you've got a lot of time to go learn these expensive lessons. Yeah. All of my lessons. If I have an inexpensive lesson, that's an, an awesome day. Great day. If if it's an inexpensive problem and I can learn from it, that's phenomenal. Because most of my lessons these days, and in, in everyone here in our office, they're all big, expensive problems. Yeah. I, you know, I look back at 2019, I don't think I would change any of them. Because I, I truly believe it sets us up for the next three, four, five, ten years. Yep. We're not going to make those mistakes again. No. You, no. you spend that money to learn that lesson. Yeah. I don't think there's any way to do it. I wouldn't go back and change any of them. You know, if you learn from them, that's a good takeaway. Even the costly ones. I would have liked to make a little more money on yeah. those, yeah. <laughs> but I learned a lot from those as well. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's a, it's an interesting concept because there's so many, this is like the, the era of the entrepreneur, right? Yeah. It's a cool thing to do. Uh, I'm going to stick it to the man and go start my own thing. Yep. Like it's a thing. It's, it's, it's pop culture talks about it. Like rappers are talking, you know, yep. everyone wants to be kind of this entrepreneur business owner. You know, it's one thing to own a business. It's another thing to run it and live it and be in it and taste it and smell it. All the things every single day. Yes. What, it, what is something that you do to prevent, you're not going to prevent any anxiety and maybe you don't deal with it, but all the stress and you, you don't have any gray hair. Nope. You're, you're a lot, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're four or five he's years young. younger. He's than young. Yeah. He's 10 years younger exactly. than you. Exactly. <laughs> he's young. What, what do you do to 
just tolerate the stress. How do you live with the stress and anxiety that comes with operating, not just owning, because owning's part of it. Yep. It's your money. Yeah. You lose it, you lose it. How do you deal with running, living in the business every day? I think the biggest thing that I've learned, especially over the last year, um, really trying to, and you have good days, bad days. Every day there's some sort of stress in some way, shape, or form. For me, the biggest thing is when I get home from work is I don't always do it that well, but try to separate home life and work. Yeah. And that's hard when you work from home and yep. my office is next to my yep. bedroom. And yeah. But just trying to go home and talk with my girlfriend, hang out, relax, just chill a little bit and not think about work for even a couple hours while we eat dinner or something like that to really let my body kind of just relax and let my mind settle down some. Yeah. And it, some days are better than other. And I mean, you're always thinking about it. There's always something, you know, like you said, you wake up at night and you're thinking, what are we going to do for this job? This and that, but mm -hmm. just trying to really focus more on home life, I think is the biggest thing that makes a difference for me, man. It's tough. I, uh, I, I, I think this is something that I still struggle with the most. I get, I go in waves. I get really good. I think, you know, you hear people talk about, you know, work-life balance. Yeah. To me, it's all a bunch of BS. I don't believe in that. Yeah. I think especially when, when you're in the type of position to, to own a business, let alone run a business. Yep. You know, I said it before, if you want to be, you know, in the 1%, you got to do what the other 99 are exactly. going to do. And I, so I, I just think that's part of it. I've got young kids. I don't want to miss their life. No. I want to be involved. But it's, I don't think you can hide from all the stuff Never. that your mind is working on no. when you're not at work. It's just, it, it's, and I think, now, I think there are people out there way smarter than I am that can talk about the <laughs> psychology of, you know, oh, you're, you're taking years off your life. And I believe it. There's times where I go home and I'm like, geez, that day cost me half a year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the end of my life. I, I truly feel that way sometimes. But, uh, you know, I've done little hacks. I This week, I actually, it's it's kind of crazy. And this is, sounds like a small thing. I used to plug my phone into my bed and set my phone on my nightstand. Yep. Like, I would say 90% of America. Yep. I started plugging it in my bathroom, down at the end of the bedroom, in the, in the other room, away from my head. Because I was, at night, I'd lay down in bed and I would be on my phone, either check an email or texting Jay Cubble, our equipment guy, about <laughs> equipment stuff. And, it, I mean, totally. you know, it's a, it's a small little hack there for a while, and I, and I need to get back to doing this. I would pull in the driveway. It'd be 6 or 5, 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night. Whenever I got home, I would leave my phone in my truck. I would go inside, see the kids, see the wife, do all that for a couple hours yeah. when the kids were in bed. Go back. Go back out and get my phone. Yep. But then it's the next two to three hours. I'm consumed. Nonstop. It's nonstop. Yeah. And then it's, it's different when, you know, it's one thing to be on the payroll and you're making a salary and, and, and you've got all these stresses because you want to do a good job. Right. right? You want to, you want to make a bonus. You want to impress your boss. You want the promotion. What you want to climb the corporate ladder. There's stress and all that. And I would never diminish someone for going through that. I, I lived through that for a while. It's just a wild thing that I, I, have trouble outrunning all the feelings that come with you're the you're where the rubber meets the road as yep. the business owner you know if it fails it's your problem absolutely it's the people that you've hired 
It's the people that you've put in place. Yeah. You know, yeah, one or two or three or four guys or gals, maybe they didn't do their role successfully. But as a business owner, you're the one that's supposed to recognize they didn't do it successfully. Right. You know, replace them, put someone else in that role. Yep. There's just a lot that goes into that that I think, I don't think we talk about it in our industry specifically because our industry just doesn't share anything. No. (laughs) But I think a lot of industries, people just don't talk about the stress and anxiety yeah. that's out there. That's, the, I think, one of the biggest things to contend with. When I you mean, were 22, you probably got slapped in the face when you started doing this work, and you're like, oh, wow, life's yeah. different now. This is a, yeah, it's a different thing now. And right from the get-go, first job, I learned more on that job being 22 years old than I've learned anywhere else, any other job, anything else. It's been it's a wake up call for sure. Yeah. And you're responsible for, you know, your employees putting food, you know, on their table and, uh, <laughs> making money to pay the bills because yeah. the bills don't stop. They never <laughs> stop. I, I actually, we were in a meeting earlier and I had my phone mirrored to the TV. And so the whole room could see the TV and I was getting notifications on my phone of bills <laughs> coming into the business. Was, I need to was, actually turn those it was, notifications off. It was awesome. Got it. Uh, awesome. And they're awesome. not, the, the thing is they're not small bills. No, right? no, no. The dollar amounts were coming across. Like it's not uncommon to get a bill that's more than most people make in a year yeah. in this industry. Mm-hmm. Everything's big. The equipment's expensive. Fuel's expensive. Moving the, moving the stuff is expensive. Yeah. And that's something that I don't, not a lot of people understand. I mean, there's so much more cost that goes into it just to get a job set up and, you know, the people to man the job, even from the office aspect of it, you got to pay people to bid all these jobs and you're going to lose quite a few of them. Yep. And you paid them not essentially for nothing, but Mm -hmm. in a sense you did. For Mm -hmm. nothing. Yeah. For nothing. You got nothing to show for. Some of them you didn't even learn from them. Yeah. We, we, it's crazy you say that because you are literally reading my mind. I, we just sent out, we just sent out one yesterday. It was a pretty good size one, uh, biggest of the year so far, eight, eight or nine days into the year. We had spent, by my math, we had spent $15,000 to bid the job, not including the salary of the people working on the estimate. That's, visit, True. that's visiting True. the job. That's all the materials that go into it. Yep. 15 grand. And then you add in the, the hours of the people. I don't even Just want to know that. It. Yeah. You lose it. You lose it. It's gone. It's gone. You yeah, have nothing gone. to show for. Opportunity cost. So it's, it's super real. Um, it, it's just stuff that people don't think about. No. Uh, I didn't think about it. When I, was, when I was working before I started this thing, I thought, you know, this is hard business, but you can, you know, make a lot of money and... You get, you do it and you're like, holy crap. Yeah. I this is a lot different I didn't than I expected. I realize what all went into it. And, and so when there's been so many young kids that have DM me and asked that question, and I'm like, man, there is not enough room in my phone to type out the response I want to give you. Right. You, I think if you're asking someone else how to go start a business and what to do, I think you're already behind. I, I don't, I couldn't. I wouldn't have been able to breathe at the time when I started this. It was like a, I'm going for broke regard. I, I don't want to do anything else. I'm right. not thinking about anything else. I don't know about you. Yeah. It wasn't like I'm going to go ask four or five people for their opinion and thoughts and hypothesis on how to start a business and run it. It was just like, no, I'm doing it. We had the chance and we said, yeah, let's do it. This is time to go. That's so wild. that's, that's how it all started. I mean, 
if it didn't work out for you, are you, let's, let's say uh, a year from now, um, you get burnt out, bored, tired, run out of money, whatever. Are you going to start it again? Are you going to go work for somebody? What's a backup plan? I don't have one. I don't either. Love because that. I don't know what I do besides what I'm doing right now. I love this industry and all different, you know, forms of it. And, but I don't, I don't know that I could go work for somebody else again. Obviously, you know, worst came to worst. I absolutely pay the bills, but yeah, I'm not going to let something like that stop me from doing what I'm doing right now. I, I we, don't know what else I'd do. We were at dinner, the three of us last night. Um, and Thomas said the same thing. He's like, you know, we've already all talked about it. We're talking to Tracy. We're, we know we've already all talked about it. Like we're like, if, if someday this whole thing doesn't work, that means we've learned all the lessons to go then do it again and make it work even yeah, better. Right. Better. Absolutely. Like, I don't know. I just, I, it's not even in my brain to, I don't think about it. I never, you know, I never think about it. How about your guys that are, you know, you posted a picture in the story a couple of times here over the last couple of weeks of, it was you and some guys, you're in the ditch, muddy, yep. it's late at night, the job wasn't what you, th- it went way over, wasn't what you thought. How do you keep those guys, because they're not, they don't have the risk or reward that you do, right? They're making an hourly wage Correct. or salary, whatever. How do you keep those guys from burning out? How do you keep them motivated? Because that's what, we struggle with the same thing, yeah. right? You get someone that's passionate about it, but you work them like a dog, or they just work themselves like a dog. Yep. And they get to a point where it's like, man, this, I was passionate about this, but it's not fun anymore. I'm burned out now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been very lucky now. The guy that is working with me, that's usually my right-hand man on everything, he's worked for me before, and he came back, and he's got the same passion I have. I mean, this is all we talk about inside or at work, outside of work, and just trying to stay – you know, the biggest thing for me is not getting upset when things go haywire, yeah. when it's out of my control and keeping them, you know, kind of composed. And, you know, I'm here, you know, you and I are sticking this one out together. So I'll get right down the trench with you and we'll take turns doing this and that. And just being able to, you know, show them you're willing to go through it too. And I'm not just going to go sit in the truck and wait for you to finish. I'll be down there and help you whatever we got to do to get it done because it's, you know, if it falls on me too, if you know, this doesn't get done, I have to answer to my dad. Yep. How come you're not done? <laughs> yep. So I, you know, just trying to stay motivated with them and you know, whatever it takes, we can, you know, work together to get it done. Well, that's, I, when, when people ask me, I, I had an interview with a potential project manager today. Um, and he asked me, you know, what are you looking for in a, you know, in an applicant, in a new employee and someone that's going to run some of your projects I, I always say passion. Yep. Before experience, uh, before knowledge, before certifications or any of that, where you live, how much money do you want to make? I'm always yeah. talking about passion because I think that's the thing that it was clear to me when I saw the picture of you covered in, I hope that was mud. That was not no, mud. That was oh, no, that was not mud. That was sewer. There is, <laughs> there is no way in the world you are doing that at 11 o'clock at night in the cold, covered in someone else's whatever that was, Yep. if you don't have passion. Exactly. I mean, to me, it is the most clear, and I think so many people hire for roles when the person's not passionate. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, Tracy, but I'm going to say <laughs> it. My, my, I told my dad back when I, right when I was starting this company, 
I said, Dad, I, uh, it was actually before I started the company because I was thinking about doing something a little bit different. I said, Dad, I don't care if I have to sell tampons. If I make a million <laughs> bucks a year, I'll sell tampons. I told him that. Yep. Swear. My brother-in-law was in the car. Looking back at that, it was the dumbest thing I ever said. Not mm-hmm. because the tampons. It was because I wasn't passionate, passionate about, about that. I started what I'm doing because I love it. I'm yeah. passionate about it. I tell these guys all the time, and it's the truth. At the end of the year, I don't care if we break even. I don't want to lose a bunch of money, no. obviously. got to live. I don't care if we don't make the money. I'm having a blast. I love coming. Saturday, my wife and kids were out of town. I was here in the office. Yep. I like, I love it. Yeah. You know, I love doing this. And so for me, it's the most, it's the easiest thing to hire for is passion. Yeah. I I just don't. I think the rest comes with it. Yeah. I mean, you have somebody passionate that shows up to work, wants to work, is willing to learn. No matter what their experience, knowledge level is, you can always learn and improve. And somebody that's happy to show up and be willing, you can't find somebody else better than that. Yeah. Ben and Dylan were here also. I got to give them shout outs because they were here on Saturday. <laughs> and I feel like if I don't say that, they're going to be mad. Oh. But I think they, you know, they, they're obviously showing passion. Yeah, absolutely. They're not making enough money to be in here on a Saturday. You know, there's a lot of people here that have taken pay cuts literally in our office that have taken pay cuts to come here. A lot of it's the hype and the doing the fun thing. And then, yeah. you know, we're going to build something crazy in an old stale industry. That's yeah. part of it. But a lot of it is, they are doing, we literally hired them to go do what they're passionate about. Yes. Mm-hmm. We didn't hire them to go try to squeeze them into some role that we could afford you for. Right. Like no. we hired people to do things. That, and that's why when you walk around, people are smiling. Yes. Like it's not, it, it's, this is not some corporate thing where we're paying you to smile when there's a camera turned on. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not paying Ben and Dylan more to come in here on a Saturday. No. You know, yeah, they might get a bonus if they win the job they were working on, right. the, the estimate. But, you know, I think it's, for me, anyone that's asking about how do we hire, a guy j- literally just messaged me right before I walked in here. He was like, man, I'm, I'm struggling. We're, we're in this part of the country. We're in the southeast. We're in this part of the country. Um, you know, a lot of people are lazy. How do I get people mm-hmm. that want to work hard? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. What's your business? What are you doing? Go find people that want to do that. Yeah. And if you can afford to pay them more than the, the guys that are competing with you, even better. Right. We can't always, do, we can't afford no. to pay everyone more. No. No. I don't all. know about you. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like we're we're just filling our staff with people because we're paying them $5 more an hour. Just to get them. No. No. I For me, passion is the thing. If you're an awesome human being and you're passionate, you fit with our company. Yeah. You now- get- Obviously, experience is great. Yep. Some skills Some are awesome. <laughs> but all that stuff, if you have skills and you have experience, but you're not passionate and you're not a good human being, I've seen it work out. Yeah. Some of my biggest lessons in 2019, I brought some of my old boys that I, you know, had come into the industry with. Yep. Uh, and a couple of them, just like you, I'm sure, I was, I, you know, they were, they were loyal guys it was easy for me to trust them yeah, and it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. One of them didn't have passion and the other one turned out to be not a great human being. <laughs> so, you know, 
it just, I think if you're passionate and you're a good human being, yeah, we will get you the rest. Yes. It's a great foundation it to is. be an awesome employee. It is. Yeah. And I think that goes for many different industries as well. Just as a general, you know, rule, you're passionate about it and you're a good person. You can do anything you want to do. Yeah. There's no shortage of opportunity. out no, there. No, not at all. And there's a lot of people that need like you and I different scales, but you need those passionate people. Yeah. To, you know, fulfill what you want to try to do. Yeah. We're, we're, we're sitting in bed last night watching the news and there's, you know, bombs in Iran yeah. and, you know, the whole thing, yeah. you know, and we're in an election year and people yep. are freaked out about that and the stock market's doing its thing. There is a plethora of opportunity out there. Yes. Like if you can't win in today's business climate with the internet and social media and organic reach, like if you can't win, you should not be running a business. Correct. There's just no, no there's yeah. no other way to, there's just so much opportunity. Thanks so much for tuning in to part one of the Turner Mining Live podcast with guest Connor Holman. To be honest with you guys, we had to split this one up into two parts. Connor and I were having way too much fun telling stories late night at our office. So stay tuned next week for part two of uh, his visit. And uh, if you haven't already, please leave us a comment, a review. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys.